You know what? You are the only person you are guaranteed to spend the rest of your life with. So, we want you to feel at home with yourself. To have an understanding of what being human truly means. And to be a witness to the things that are happening within you. We're here for the good. The bad. And the downright ugly. <laughs> so, come on this journey. And be messy with us. You are listening to The Real Meaning of Humanity with Alexis. Okay. That's my name. And you're Krista. Yeah, that's me. Hey, hey, everybody. Welcome to this episode. This is a very exciting episode that we have today. It's going to be a little bit more lighthearted. We're kind of like heavy on here sometimes, you know, kind of like getting really connected and going really deep. But in this episode, we kind of want to keep it lighthearted and keep it fun. Unfortunately, we do not have Krista here in this episode because she is sick this week. So her body needed rest and she just needed to rest for herself and take that time for herself. So I advise anybody who, if your body is screaming out to you and it's like telling you to rest by being sick, please listen to your body and just rest. Okay. Um, but I do want to, you know, it's funny. We had to do this intro twice because I forgot to hit record, but I have a special guest here today and I adore her. I honor her. I actually did the come alive program with her, which the listeners know that is the program that I did about almost two years ago, which that's crazy to even say that it's been almost two years. So much life has happened since then. Um, but I did the come alive program with her and she is just like, we just bonded over pain together. We just connected really well. We bonded over trauma. Um, and what's funny is I thought she didn't even like me at first. I guess that's just how all my friendships are starting off as I think it's a cycle. It's a pattern. Who knows? I'm, I'm working on it. Okay. Bear with me, <laughs> but I do just want to welcome, you know, just the most sweetest, most kind-hearted, genuine person that I've met so far, Alex Dunn. Aww, welcome. Thank you. You're so sweet. Yeah. This is so funny. Um, to be recording this a second time because yeah. the first time you guys could have been there, it was just like this burst of love coming from me because, and it still is, but it was just so yeah. profound to hear Alexis say all of that about me because, um, I thought the same thing about her. I thought that she didn't like me and for the longest time. And yeah, just really thankful to know that that wasn't true on either of our ends and right. we get to be friends now and yeah. be exploring this journey together. It's just super mm-hmm. exciting. I'm honored to be here. So yeah. yeah. Well, I am so glad you're here. And obviously like, I'm sure our listeners are going to love your voice because it, do any of y'all hear that like accent, that like little country uh. accent? <laughs> well, it's so Can funny you- because like where I'm from, I feel like I don't have that thick of an accent, um, compared to the people around me, but um, other people tell me that they hear it. So, well, some other people, like if I go travel and I say y'all, and I've like noticed I'm saying y'all a lot lately and yeah. people just think it's like, it's as if they're speaking to someone who has a British accent. You know how like we just like drool over British accent yeah. accents. People yeah. are like, oh my God, you just said y'all. I was like, <laughs> yeah. like can you say that again? <laughs> so cute. But Alex, I just want to just for our listeners, can you just share a little bit about yourself, where you're from and just about your heart? Yeah, totally. Um. So my name is Alex. I'm from Bowling Green, Kentucky. I don't know if any of you will know where that is. Um, (laughs) 
It's about an hour away from Nashville, um, about an hour north of Nashville. So um, I work at Greenwood Baptist Church here as the director of communications. But yeah, I love, I'm getting into life coaching. So I can say that. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. Alexis and I are going through a program right now called Coach Launch Together. Mm -hmm. Um, A portion of my heart is really thriving in that, but I also love, um, art, music, just love to have fun, love to enjoy life and love people exploring life. And I'm a type four on the Enneagram fellow sister right there. Right. I was about to say that. Right. (laughs) So, um, if you know anything about that, we're, we're heavy on the creative end, uh, heavy on the emotional end. (laughs) Um, so all the highs and the, and all the lows, all the highs and the lows of everything. Exactly. We're the, we're the ones that are real comfy with the, the low lows and the high highs. And yeah. yeah, So that that part pretty much sums up my life. I think I'm just kidding. No, I was going to say, I feel like that's why we get along so well. It's because we are a fellow four on the Enneagram and like, we just have a connection through that. Like we're similar. Like I know we're similar in a lot of ways, but different. I feel like we really do like balance each other out. And like, I know like through this process of what we're going through, you've really like helped me realize a lot of things and balanced me out through it. So Mm -hmm. thank you. Yeah, no, I agree with that completely. And I feel the same way about you. I feel like it's cool to have another four who, um, I don't know that you're on that same journey and path with two of like different interests and going towards the Lord together as well. Mm -hmm. Like wanting to see people set free from the things that are keeping them captive in their minds and like, yeah, yeah, it's just such a gift and a treasure to be able to have someone who literally sometimes it just feels like you're looking in a mirror and you're being able to like pull things out of each other that are so like close in our personality. So, yeah, I feel like that's how like all relationships should be just pulling, pulling the best out of each other, even Mm -hmm. maybe even the messiest parts. Let's see, let's accept you. Let's accept all of you. Yeah. Let's just put some compassion in. Let's be there compassionately with each other. Amen. Passion. Yeah. 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 You got it. You got it. All right, guys. Well, we, yeah. So the reason why I wanted to bring on Alex here is because you'll, you'll probably already know by the title. Well, I haven't really came up with the title yet, but probably the title will give it away. Um, we are going to be talking about stranger things. Now, listen, I love stranger things and I didn't, <laughs> and me and Alex literally got on a two hour conversation like the other week, just about Stranger Things and the ending of it, and just like psychoanalyzing every single character. And so I just, fun. it was so much fun. And I just thought that would just be such a fun podcast, such a like a light hearted podcast, and just to even learn from other characters. It's actually um, like lots of coaching, lots of counselors, psychologists even recommend like pick out a character that you like that inspires you or that makes you like, you know, just or makes you feel loved or like, oh, wow, I want to be that. Or, oh, I wish somebody loved me like that. It's actually like giving you little pockets of love of how, oh, this is how I want to be treated. Or even like pockets of love of how God loves us and Mm -hmm. God loves human beings. Mm -hmm. Um, so, and that's what we're learning right now too. So I feel like, you know, picking like 
watching TV shows. Like, I feel like Marvel and Stranger Things was that for me. Like, I get to, like, inch towards God's love and through certain characters that I, like, see in Marvel or in um, Stranger Things. So I really wanted to talk about that. And I loved Alex's insight on all of it. So that's why I wanted to bring her on, too. And I just think it would be a fun episode. Oh, and by the way, this is going to be a lot of spoilers, which by the, like, if you haven't watched Stranger Things, like at all, and it's been out for almost three weeks now, I'm not sorry. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, what are you doing? Prioritize. Yeah. Like, just like... pause this episode and go watch it and then come back because there's going to yeah. be spoilers. <laughs> yes. Definitely press pause and don't listen to this if you don't want to be pissed because of things that we're sharing about the show. Right. And we're by no means like, like a freaking nerd about it. Like we're, we don't, we're not a know-it-all on stranger things. We just only know what we know. We're (laughs) not a little bit of a nerd about it, but yeah, like, don't like scold us. Don't like cancel us because we get something wrong. Cause we're probably going to get something wrong. And we're, this is practice for us too. Like we're learning, we're kind of using this to practice the things that we're learning through our coach launch program that we're going through. And so um, yeah, it just let it be fun. Yeah. Just let it keep it lighthearted. Okay. We're not pros at this, but we do love every single character in there. Although yeah. I kind of have, I'm kind of really frustrated about one character. I mean, Alex already knows, but we'll get to her. We'll get to that character yeah. in a minute. Okay. Yeah. But let's, yeah. so, all right, Alex, do you want to go down like the line of characters? Like how, let's how do you just, feel? like start where you're, where you were at just about to say like the character that that kind of triggers you because this is like she the used goal. that word, guys. She used that word. I used her. the word. <laughs> Dude. No, I think she really does trigger me. So like mm-hmm. uh, I love I, her. Uh, I love the character. Okay. I yeah. like, yeah, but I get it at the same time. I think for me, like Nancy, because I rewatched Stranger Things like all over again when the volume four came out like a month or so ago and I rewatched all of it from the beginning and I just noticed a lot of things about Nancy maybe that mirrors me I don't know so maybe this is shame and hating on me <laughs> but can like, also relate <laughs> <laughs> but the thing about Nancy is like I think Steve was actually good to her Yeah, but she just couldn't make up her mind. She didn't know what she wanted. Even after having Mm -hmm. sex with Steve, like she regretted it and she felt shame, which totally, I I feel Mm -hmm. you sis. Like I get it. But like, also like, I feel like there's a, there's a complex between her and her mom, which they, they started showing it in season one, but then Mm -hmm. it like fell off. They haven't really Mm -hmm. like continued with that um, storyline with them, but I just noticed a complex between her and her mom, which, okay, now that I'm talking about this, I have a complex between me and my mom. (laughs) (laughs) And then she didn't know what she wanted. She basically cheated on Steve Mm -hmm. with Jonathan. Mm -hmm. And, and then now in season four, she's like, I'm not even kidding. If you like mirror season four of what she's doing with Steve and you mirror season one and two of what she did with Jonathan, it's the same thing. It's like she has a hero fixer complex. Yeah. 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 I can totally, I want to validate everything you're saying and that like, I'm not like blind to it. I totally see all of that. And like, I don't know though. I think for me, 
there was a sense of like comfort in her character mm, because there's okay. this like relatability that she has. I think to like, I think a lot of girls, if we were honest, if we were just raw and honest, yeah. If even if we don't show it outwardly all the time, I think a lot of us struggle with the same thing. Mm-hmm. I think there's a lot of pressure on females to be that. And especially like, I don't know about you, but for me growing up, like it was really seen in my family, um, at least in my family, if not in other, I'm most definitely in other families as well that I was surrounded by, but like the mom was kind of the spiritual leader or Mm -hmm. like Mm -hmm. the mom had this, the mom's always the nurturing one and the one that's there. And so like, there is kind of like a female, a message to females in that. That's like, yeah you need to be the fixer. Mm. You know what I mean? And like, that's not true, but it is, it is a lie that is like offered to us. And so I just want to shine some light on that. But I also want to say that your like triggers around it are so true or so valid as well, because I've also struggled with those same triggers for myself. And it's taken some time to like really get to that place where I'm like, oh, like I kind of understand why I'm doing that now. And I won't even say that I'm even that far like ahead in that right. venture with myself. Like I'm still figuring things out um, and getting to know myself in that way. But yeah, I think leaning into the trigger in that there's a lot of good gold <laughs> for sure. Now, do y'all see why I invited her on this episode, guys? <laughs> <laughs> She's pulling it out of me. I'm glad mm-hmm. we started with this. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'll get the like big stuff out of the way first and then like come back to it later. If the one that triggers me, I think, hmm, I'll say at the beginning, probably the one that triggered me the most was probably Max because really, yeah, I okay. loved her, but there was some relatability for me of like hiding in the anger, mm. like, like letting the anger be the mask and the protector from being vulnerable and seen. And I, have lived by that for a lot of my life, like putting oh, up same. these walls of like, I'm too, too cool. Like I got this and like it come and it's very much comes off as like, I'm angry because I yeah. was. And so it was, that was, that's been triggering for me, I think, um, to see her kind of go into her angsty self in the season and not let people in. Yeah. So I'm like, why don't you just like if you were just vulnerable, just be vulnerable. Like, yeah. you know, <laughs> like you wouldn't even have that. Vecna wouldn't even be attacking you if you would just be vulnerable, which is, I guess, for most of Vecna's victims. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I think she definitely, she got me. I'm, I'm actually so glad you said that because I'm realizing a lot of things about you as you're saying this. Mm. And <laughs> Like the, like the first time that we had a long conversation and I probably had resting bitch face the whole time. No, I think that makes so much sense why it triggers you, but honestly, like to be that self-aware about it, that's Mm -hmm. awesome. Like Mm -hmm. knowing that, like, yeah, yeah, I, I did, you know, where, you know, have anger as a mask so I can push people away to protect myself anger has been a really big protector for me and it's been something trustworthy and these people haven't been trustworthy. So I'm going to trust anger. Yeah. (laughs) You know? And then, but I feel like that's the same thing 
with Max, because if you look at her childhood and her father never around, like abandoned her, her mother just has no value in herself or worth, doesn't really see, like really love or value herself and doesn't see that and wants a man to see that. And then she's like, okay. And then she like really shines and and if she has a man and then, but that, that man was abusive to Billy and then Billy was abusive to Max and she just felt like she could never like leave or hide. And so for the first time ever, when her mom's not with anybody, Billy died. Yeah. She can finally go into her hole. Yeah. Yeah. Cause and it felt safe for her. You saying all of this, like really shines a light kind of on the whole, like main theme of like self-abandonment like for every character it's like which is a root of like what we learn about um in consulting and coaching and it's like learning to get people connected to themselves again and get out of that self-abandonment but you see it in these characters um which is so relatable I think it's why the writers of the show like chose to go this route with the dynamics of the family because it's just been so relatable for so many families, but you definitely see that um, it play in, in Max's mm-hmm. family. But then also like going back to what you said of like, well, if you're just vulnerable, if you just stop being mad, then Vecna wouldn't get to you. Like Vecna mm-hmm. wouldn't go after you. And you know what that reminds me of when you say that it's like, well, if you just weren't sinning and if you mm-hmm. would just, you know, be a good Christian, then the devil won't go after you. Mm-hmm. If you just stop believing the lies, then the devil won't go after you. Right. Which and is how- such an assumption in Christian culture that the person that we're speaking to knows and understands the things that we now know and understand that at one point in time, we didn't know or understand. And like, it is, it's like a voice. It's so sneaky how the voice of accusation yeah. and shame just like weasels its way into our mindsets and like mm-hmm. we let it but like is a way of protection and, and I'm so glad you brought that up because I was just about to say too like me saying that even about Max is a total assumption because she the the um the other thing I wanted to say too is that in order to be vulnerable okay you have to have a safe place yeah a place yep. to feel safe which mm-hmm being vulnerable at all is kind of testing the waters in every relationship to say like, is this going to be a safe space or not? And if we look back at the past of Max's with Max's relationships and we see like all the pain that she has experienced through them, just as a little girl, right. Makes so much sense why she wouldn't trust and we see even more of that in the season whenever um 11 and Vecna are going back into these memories of Max Mm -hmm. and like seeing that wounding even from a little girl when she was at the skate park and just feeling like she had to put on that mask of anger and protection for herself to be safe so it's like totally okay that she was doing that in that time it was helping her survive it was helping her stay alive you know yeah Um, which is why I love this show so much because it really hones in on that trauma and like how it's stored in memories and how it manifests into our behaviors and actions and like really unfolds the story for you. If you have kind of the knowledge of the concepts of self-abandonment and shame and how they form and 
um, result in brokenness in relationships yeah. and ultimately in relationship with herself um, and with God. So, yeah. yeah. And I wanted to bring up too, I love how you said that so beautifully. Like mm, I you. wanted to bring up too, like since when, like going back to shame, since when is anger so shameful? Because mm-hmm. we know that Jesus got angry. God definitely got angry. I think there's such a righteous, justifiable anger to have in any pain and any grieving process. Like when people tell me that they're mad, I'm like, yeah, get mad. This is not okay. Like, like I'm kind of like fighting for them in that anger. Like, yes. But then also I get it. There's this other anger where it can consume you and you can lose yourself in that anger. We don't want to do that. We don't want to get lost in that, even though it's, it makes so much sense. And it's a normal human tendency to do that. I've done that. I've been lost in anger through a lot of things. I get it. But you know, what was so beautiful is like, I saw Jesus right, like face to face with me and said, Hey, you're not going to stay in this anger. I believe in you. You can be angry. Mm. but you're not going to stay in it. You're not going to let it consume you. Oh. And so I, I, I think that's what I say to other people, even my best friends. I'm like, you're angry. I, you can be angry. Mm. I believe in you that you're not going to stay in it because you're powerful and you yeah. can make a powerful decision. Like I'm going to be angry right now and be justified and validated in my feelings, but I know I'm not going to stay here. I know it's not going to be like this forever. Alexis, like, like my mind is just like blown right now at you. Like, this is just so good and so true. I feel like my little girl needed to hear that. Um, Cause yeah, like so much shame, especially I think in like Christian culture of like, there's modification of our like behavior to like keep it chill all the time, to keep it yeah. zen all the time, to always be in peace. And I'm like, that's not freaking real. <laughs> like that is not real life at right? all. We were like, made to be humans, like and yes. feel all the emotions, just yes. like Jesus felt all the emotions. Like that's humanity. Yes, that is humanity. And like, I think like you said, like getting lost in the anger is like a huge wound for people like is like me also because the there were people in my past who like were lost in that anger and took it out on me yeah it got and destructive it felt so dangerous yes mm-hmm. it was so destructive and so yeah even maybe some conflicting feelings of like anger feels unsafe mm-hmm. but also anger feels like a good protector which right. feeds into that war with yourself mentality, which like to bring it back to the show, to bring it back to Max, like we totally see with her, like yeah. the whole, she wants so badly. Um, I mean, we see her running to Dustin when, once uh, Chrissy gets murdered by Vecna, right. he goes to Dustin and to, with her vulnerability. And then eventually like Steve and then um, Lucas, Lucas. Yeah. And so we see this little bit by little bit of like how it's so profound too. how, um, the thing that is trying to kill her actually mm. pushes her into the love. Vulnerability. Yes. Well, into love. Yeah. Well, exactly. And that's the thing. She started feeling more safe when she allowed people to love her Yeah, in that space. 
she yeah. started getting more vulnerable when she allowed people to love her and take care of her. Now Which is it was also why, yeah, like it's also why, like there's um, it's okay to be in that survival mode, like totally, yeah, just to be like honest with yourself and shine line and it's like, yeah, like this is where I'm at, and allow yourself to be influenced by the pressure from the mm-hmm. trauma or whatever. Yeah, and, and we love Matt. I adore Max. Oh my like gosh. Her yeah. acting, yeah. like just Sadie Sink, her acting in this season was phenomenal. Amazing. Yeah. I cried when she was just that whole monologue when mm. like she was about to get like captured by Vecna mm. for another time. And I was just like, oh my God, this girl. Well, honestly, all these kids are amazing actors. Incredible. Incredible. And they started when they were eight. Yeah. Isn't that mind blowing to think like, how does that even, which I guess that their imagination still is just so wide open right. as a child, which is so beautiful to see just how much that plays into their acting, which, which is incredible. And I don't want to use that to like minimize or discredit their skills by any means, right. but it's just so freeing to watch them get so into character and like mm-hmm. embody that so well and like know their character so well. Mm-hmm. Like you can, I think it allows me to be able to connect more with them in these ways. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. They're, they're incredible though. Mm-hmm. Okay. I want to talk about, um, will because I noticed a little buttercup I love him so much oh my gosh this precious precious little boy who just wants to relive his childhood because he was taken away from it like that's what I see every time like even in because he was taken season one when Mm -hmm. he was just now becoming a child feeling free yeah and then coming to season two season three like he just wants to be with his boys and just mm-hmm. like play D and D not worry yeah. about girls, not worry about anything. He just wants to be back in that um, basement playing D and D and just have redemption for the time that he had lost. Mm-hmm. And he was fighting for that. And I'm like, just play D and D with him once in the basement. His just chi- his yeah. like little boy just needs this. He needs this for his heart. Yes. And like, even going to like sexuality, like, I don't want to spend too much time on it, but like, I can tell he feels so alone mm-hmm. because he has felt like, so, um, just ostracized in himself and in his own feelings and yes. his own childhood. So now he feels like he can't even really be himself mm-hmm. as yeah. a teenager because he doesn't, he didn't even really get to be himself as a kid because oh. he was being abused and traumatized by this monster in every freaking yes. season. Yes, yes, yes. I'm so glad that you said that. Like for one, such a profound thing to say and to see in Will, like that isn't something when I was kind of like thinking about what I might want to say about Will, that didn't even really cross my mind, but yes, so true. Like he just wants to be a kid. Yeah, He just wants to be a little kid. And like, I guess my perspective of him this whole time, not even really having that insight was more of like, there's something about him that feels really like that he feels about himself. And we see this in how he relates with 11, that he yeah. feels so ostracized, mm-hmm. so different, 
so weird. Like he's the nerd or the outcast. And I, I don't know, like, I don't want to spend too much time on the sexuality thing either, but right. it kind of seems like there's some, something going on there. And right. so it's, um, yeah, just really heartbreaking to see, especially when, when we see like how selfless he is with his friends and like really wants like seeking their best first mm-hmm. too, like with 11 and Mike and just uplifting them and encouraging them. And all the me, all the while his poor little boy inside of him is just aching and grieving. Yeah. Yeah. Grieving the, the time that he lost, he's still grieving. Like even when he's put back into, um, Hawkins, he can feel the monster again. Like, mm-hmm. it's like, he's like flashing back exactly to where he was at as a little boy mm-hmm. feeling so unsafe. He's so like, it's like the darkness. He can't get away from it. He can't even be himself. So like, oh my God, I feel for that boy. Like, and he's an amazing actor too. When he was crying in that van. Oh my God. I, I started crying. I was like, no, I'm with you. I'm with you. And then Jonathan, his brother. Oh my God. I want to talk about Jonathan <gasps> in a second. Yes. Oh my God. I have so many that things. Scene. I have so I'm many freaking things. Sobbed. Yeah. Yeah. But like, even like Jonathan, like looking back and seeing his brother cry and not do, mm-hmm. I would have, I would have pulled the car over. Yeah. Like, all right we're taking a break and I would have just grabbed Will and hugged <laughs> yeah. him like oh yes. my god just precious yeah. little boy but he we did don't... come back come through like later on whenever he was with Will in the pizza shop and he's like hey I'm here for you like I know that I haven't been here either really I've been kind of out of it and like the purple palm tree to light but like I'm still here for you you know like I still love you and mm-hmm. want you to be safe like to come and talk to me. And that is the scene where I lost it. Yeah. Lost it. I was like, this is love. Yeah. This is real brotherly love right here. Yeah. And mm-hmm. yeah, that's why I, I love that moment of like, he just needed to hear that. He needed mm-hmm. to feel that compassion. He needed to feel understood. Well, and yeah. most importantly, he needed to know that he was going to be loved no matter what. Yes. And absolutely. that's what it's all about. And that was just another little, yes, exactly. And this is like another little seed of um and another little proof of that for him like building a case for why he can trust people with his insecurities with the things that he thinks are unlovable with the things that he thinks are gonna cause him to be rejected or an Mm -hmm. outcast and like how beautiful for someone like him who already feels like an outcast not not even because of his sexuality things but also because of just like the games that he enjoys and the childlikeness of who he is and maybe how he dresses or whatever the reasons would be, you know? Mm -hmm. Exactly. I do want to talk about his brother though, because even going back and watching the earlier seasons, especially season one, and it even comes out in season four too, like how Jonathan honestly just feels the need and the pressure of he needs to take care of his family. He needs Mm -hmm. to take care of his mom. He needs to take care of Will. He needs to be the man. He needs to like, it's like once his father left, he felt that abandonment so much and how he coped with it mm-hmm. was, all right, I need to step up. I just need to be the father. Yeah. Instead of, instead of just being the kid who needed to be comforted. Yeah. And, and I think that him reaching that like max out point of like, I can't do this in this season, I think of where he's like, I just need to numb it out. And the pressure of, okay, now my life is about to get started, but I feel like I can't really do it. 
because I've got to stay back and take care of my mom and my brother and just like almost just like denying processing that but like inevitably having to process that um and we see that wrestle with him as he's like getting high and then also like even Nancy deny it like trying to figure it out through that as well. Exactly. And even like questioning everything in his life, Mm -hmm. but I think that's a really good place to be Absolutely, questioning everything in your life. Okay. Is this what I really want? And then if you question that and you choose like, um, like after that, like, okay, no, this is what I really want. Then that means you really do want it. Yeah. But then if you choose out of it, then there's something else and it might be great. It might be more to who you are and to your uniqueness. But like, yeah, I think there's such a complex about his family, which totally, 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 totally get. Yeah. And then I also think there's so much codependency there. Yeah. Yeah. Like as in any relationship and any person, like you can't really escape codependency 100%. And I think especially in a show that, you know, doesn't, I don't know, I won't say they don't understand interdependence at all. I'm not going to accuse that onto anybody, but I know for me, like I didn't even, I didn't start understanding interdependence until a couple of years ago when when we're going through the the come alive program. So Mm -hmm. I think maybe even through a different lens, some some people may not even see it as codependency. They may just see it as like, and, and I see too, I can see this perspective too, just like a normal thing that human beings struggle with of like wanting belonging and wanting like those core needs that we have to like, belong to, um, feel Feel loved, Mm -hmm. to feel understood, to feel wanted, to feel liked and, um, wrestling with like, okay, what, what place, if I land here, am I really going to get those needs met the most where I feel safest, even if that's a subconscious process, our bodies, our brains, our souls, like are doing everything that they can to get us to those places. And so you definitely see that with Jonathan in this season, trying to figure that out, which is such a fair place to be. Um, yeah. Yeah. I just feel like Jonathan is in such, is in a wrestling season and in a questioning season. And I honestly kind of love that for him. He should be Mm -hmm. questioning his decisions and, Oh, is this really what I want to do? Is this really you know, do I really want to be with Nancy or do I really want to go to this college? Do I really want to stay and help my family? Like asking those questions is really needed for your life. And honestly, it's really needed of like, you're taking care of yourself in the questioning. Yeah. Cause you're making sure if you want it. And it's so beautiful at the same time to see Jonathan and Nancy, like there's this scene at the beginning of the season when they're both kind of, it's like a cut back and forth to them and they're both like confessing their love for one another and you Mm -hmm. see that in both of them in their relationship but then also to to not attach so strongly to that where you can't let it go at all like there's not like a total codependence on that relationship where it's the only thing that's giving him life and like Mm -hmm. he has to stay in it or else kind of thing Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I want to talk about Steve because I really love Steve and Mm -hmm. I really don't have anything bad to say about him. Well, Mm -hmm. none of these characters have anything bad to say about him, or I don't have too much to say about him because I just think Steve just wants to be loved. (laughs) He just wants to be loved and seen. He just, and he feels like he's going to get that through a relationship, Yes. (laughs) Yes. which 
now that I'm noticing, we don't know much about Steve family dynamic. Like yeah, actually at all. No, Mm-mm. but we do see like some of his tendencies to things that he grabs onto for significance to like yeah. prove significance. I mean, we see that in the way that he um, tries to be the leader. He tries to be like the one that has all the answers, which is so funny um, because at the beginning, we're starting to get to know Steve. He's kind of like the jock and has some aggression. And um, we see him really kind of like Jason is in this season of like, Oh my God. <laughs> I don't even want to talk about Jason. Oh my God. Oh, we got to talk about Jason. <laughs> we got to talk about Levin too. Like, I don't know how we're going to fill oh, in. But, we're going to save that um, for last. We're going to save okay. Levin and Vecna for last. And, um, uh, yeah. Papa, we're Papa. Gonna, ooh, I have some things about all yeah. that, that whole scene, like the last oh, few too. scenes of everything. Okay, go me ahead, too. go ahead. But Steve, yeah, I know, I love, I love that whole dynamic with them. It, it just gets me going. But with, um, with Steve, yeah, we see him being like, he has some protective instincts. I think he's really getting into his like, quote unquote, true self in this season mm, where we see yes. him really like connecting with his dreams and connecting with like who he is and what he wants. He wants to be a father. He wants to be a husband. And like, yeah, I'm not saying that that's true for everyone and that everybody's true self is going to want to be those things. But I think for him, we see that because of where we've seen him in the past and like seeing the changes that have taken course through this character's life that we get to witness is like, this is connection with like hope and love and joy yeah. and things that make him come alive. Yeah. And so that's why I say, I think we get to see him connecting more with his true self in this yeah. season. And um, just the fact that he received Nancy's criticism of him or her, um, you know, directness with him and being honest with him as like something to grow by and something to really like let influence him it feeds even more to me into the reason why he would want her in the passenger seat as his wife on those trips like because who doesn't want somebody who they can be real with you and then it feels safe enough to let them influence you in that way Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. I think that's so beautiful I just think that's so beautiful and so in a way I'm kind of rooting for Nancy and Steve oh me too but yeah but at the same time like I, it's a complicated mess. So yeah, well, we all know how that goes. <laughs> yes, we do totally. No, I honestly just I love Steve, and I have a crush on Steve, and it's just funny mm-hmm. how he's becoming into his true self, and how he's like allowing criticism and allowing someone to you know challenge him. That's gross. That's yeah. that's a man, honestly. Mm-hmm. That's a human being who is you know, connected to who they truly are and they're willing to still, you know, have people challenge them and grow them and honestly, just refine them. I think that's yeah. all a part of life. That's a part of humanity as well. The level and, of maturity. Exactly. And so I, yeah, I just love Steve and I, you know, I have a crush on him and yeah. If you ever yeah, listen to this, you know, who else I have a crush on kind of too. Oh my God. I know who you're Eddie. about to say. <laughs> Eddie. Okay. We literally said this. I literally fell in love with Eddie as soon as he did the whole like little like little faces <laughs> in the cafeteria I'm like this dude for one is an amazing actor second yes. off I want you and third <laughs> off you are the perfect like representation of a man connected to his little boy 
Yes, that's what I love about him. Because I will say the kitchen or the the cafeteria scene for me was a little like, okay, dude, like you're trying to deny like life, like trying to deny growing up, like you don't want to move on from your childhood. And I get it because I've been there. I'm probably still there in a lot of ways, but like, also you're making a scene and like, we see that you need attention, but like calm down a little bit. (laughs) It was like my reaction to that. It was fun to watch and he's an incredible actor, but that was just my honest, like reaction. Oh my God. I love how eccentric he is. And I love how connected to the little boy he is. That's what's so attractive to me about him. And like, especially towards the end when we see him, like confronting his fears and he's like but in such a childlike way when he's like I didn't run away this time I'm like oh what a scoop you (laughs) no listen listen when he said that to Dustin and he was like I didn't run away this time right I bawled my eyes out and I was literally picturing myself in that scene like not Dustin anymore I am there Mm. I am holding my precious Eddie (laughs) and I'm holding him by the head and I'm just and I'm just like crying with him and I'm like but you didn't have to be the hero it's okay I accept you for not being the hero yes yes like I you're so lovable and running away like exactly I would have ran away too I also would have thought it was retarded that they jumped into the lake and went into that's it I'm like no bye like I'm going to California (laughs) right I'll wait here brave yeah, <laughs> exactly. And I fully accept and own that I am not brave in that way. But no, I just love Eddie so much. And then like how it even says Steve freaking foreshadowed it. Like before they started the plan, they're like, don't be heroes. Just leave if the sign of trouble. And then and then Eddie was like, no, there's no e- heroes here. But you could yeah. tell that like Eddie just always wanted to be the hero. He mm-hmm. always wanted to just be something that was worthy enough to be mm-hmm. loved. And yeah. he, you see that in the D&D game, who he chooses oh. and yeah. all this stuff. So like, it's just, oh my God, I just love Eddie. And I'm really pissed off that they killed him off. Like, I feel like somehow they should bring him back. Like we should just bring Eddie back. There needs to be a petition. There yes. just needs, there needs to be a fight yes. for him. Yes. Like I completely agree. And I'm, I'm curious to see what they'll do in the next season with that. And like how they'll bring him back. Cause I don't think he's done yet. Like, I don't think he's totally done yet. That's what a I lot mean- of people are saying. Yeah. Like there's no way they can just bring him on for this season and then kill him off like that. Like, especially with his, how strong his character is and how connected everyone is to him. Like, I just, I think they would be doing themselves a disservice if they didn't bring him back. But yeah. Like also just how like badass that scene was of him playing the guitar too. Oh my gosh. I was drooling. Oh, I was like, <laughs> this is literally the most epic thing for anybody who like lived during this time which I didn't but like I'm sure anybody who yeah who knew oh my gosh yeah well and that was all him like that the actor that was all him doing it well yeah they said he was playing it and like had the track playing behind him but he Mm -hmm. knew the song he knew how to play it which was even more badass like Mm -hmm. pretty sick and just one more thing I want to say about Eddie like that scene with him and Chrissy where he was like 
do you remember me? And she's like, no, I'm sorry. And he's like, oh, yeah. like, he like <laughs> fell out the, the, the bench and I'm like, whoa. And he, but like, that's the thing. I'm like, oh my God, Eddie, if you and me like hung out, we would have so much fun. So much fun. Like, like he's so eccentric, so mm-hmm. childlike. Yeah. Like, he would Eddie, be like the youth pastor at a church. If right. Exactly. Without the drugs and stuff. Without, yeah. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> But no, I'm, I'm like, I need to get me an Eddie. You know what I'm saying? I'm just <laughs> an Eddie mixed with Steve. Yes. Where can we find one of those? All right. Whoever's listening. No, I'm just kidding. Please don't come after me. <laughs> no, I'm single and loving it. So yeah, exactly. I'm, I'm enjoying myself. <laughs> yeah. But we, we still attracted here. So that's, okay. yeah, we'll still be attracted to you. That's all. We'll give you compliments. But okay, now for just the final three, because I just want to talk about these three. Yeah. People. Okay, yeah. Papa. Okay. First off, let's, okay. Let's give him a little bit of credit because I love what he said to Eleven because Eleven has this mindset of the world of heroes and villains. Yes. She yes. has that mindset of like monsters and good people and if she's the monster or not, like it's always that wonder and always that questioning of like, am I the monster, Mm -hmm. you know? And -hmm. that's how she, that's how her little girl brain just like defines things. And that's Mm -hmm. so, okay. That's how that's, that's typically how we grew, grow up and that's normal for a child. Mm -hmm. So they can wrap their hand, like, so they can wrap their brain and comprehend the messiness of life. I think that's normal, but I love what Papa said to her when she was crying to him and he, he, he was like, 11, look at me. You think of the world of months of um, heroes and villains, mm-hmm. but we're all, once we truly just all accept ourselves for the mm-hmm. good and the bad, yeah. like that's when we can really truly be human. That's yes. when we like, that's just all that we are is yeah. like humanity is the good humanity is the bad and it is the ugly, but it's still good. It's still beautiful. It's still acceptable. It's still lovable. You can Absolutely. still find freedom. You can still get connected no matter yeah. if you have pain or not, like that's going to come. It's life. Like that's yeah. what life is, but yeah. life is also very beautiful and it's also very rich and good and joy and hopeful. Yeah. I love how Papa like brought that in. Cause I'm like, Oh my God, you just described my podcast. Thank you, Papa. Yes. <laughs> yeah, Right. <laughs> and that's what I love the most about him, but mm-hmm. okay. Now I'm getting to like the psychoanalyzing part yeah. of him. When Papa said, oh, I'm trying to remember it exactly. When 11 wanted to leave and he didn't want to let her leave. You think she's not ready. Yeah. Um, He's like the total picture of a parent, like a human earthly parent who like cannot fulfill like all of the needs of their children who have their own fears and insecurities. And well, and also he truly believes what he's doing is right. Like he doesn't think anything's wrong with it. Like he truly doesn't. He really thinks that he loves 11. He truly believes that he loves her and is doing what's best for her. Exactly. Because like that was his intent from the beginning. Oh, I'm going to help these children. But then it just got so uh, just manipulated and like blurred. And, and so, and so, yeah, just what he said. 
oh, 11 saying like, you're the monster. You're the monster. You created this. You did this. Mm-hmm. And he was crying because he really did love his yeah. ch- ch- children. He really did love one. He mm-hmm. loved Vecna or Harry. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And, but he didn't want to accept that. He didn't want to take ownership. Exactly. He didn't want and, to take ownership for the fact that he was afraid. Mm-hmm. He was afraid of what he didn't understand and what he couldn't control. Yeah. And what felt more powerful than him. And they felt more powerful than him to him. And I think that makes so much sense that he was trying to control him. And I'm sure that I will get some hate on saying that because everybody is like, yeah, you know, well, everyone's him. black and white, but, but not everything is black and white. People's actions yeah. truly are not black and white. Right. Exactly. Because it all comes from pain. It all comes from hurt. It all comes from a story of yeah. abuse or trauma or something, or where a need was not met as a child. And you truly can't not knowing how, like exactly. not knowing how to trust. And I think this is where, like, for me, my faith comes in is like not knowing how to trust. You can call it your higher power. I, I know Jesus and the father and the Holy spirit, but like trusting their power, trusting their infinite knowledge of like, even if like, I can't control this thing. And even if I can't like understand it by surrendering it and not trying to control it and not trying to like make it what I want it to be. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm going to find freedom. I'm going to find like, if I forgive, or if I like just admit that I'm powerless to this thing, then I'm going to find freedom in that. And I'm allowed to be weak and I'm allowed to be small. But whenever you don't have that, like you, like you're saying, like you have those traumas or those unmet needs or desires where you're kind of left to your own devices and trying to figure that out yourself. Like we are wired in such a way where we are going to grab onto whatever we can that makes sense to us to protect ourselves. And so, and build a belief system to support that, which is super hard to break free from if you're not like you just got to learn and come to more awareness it gets easier as you go but yeah I mean as uh, for a tv show where these characters are in that you know in that place it's like kind of stuck there yeah no I love I love I love how you said that because that brings the compassion in like we're all just trying to get like get our needs met through sometimes really unhealthy ways, but we don't even know that it's unhealthy. Exactly. Like we truly think that it's right, but we just want to, we just want protection. We want protection. We want safety and we'll and do it's letting anything. yourself go through that. Like letting yeah. yourself go through, like fine, like figuring out about yourself. Like, Oh, I am accepting this part of myself that I'm trying to get this need met or this desire met through this um, thing, like whatever I'm trying to use to get my need met. And so, okay, like, let me, instead of like hating that thing about myself, like mm-hmm. pushing that away or in denial about it or trying to numb it out or whatever, like, why don't I just stay curious about it? Like, let's stay curious about it and see like, okay, why? And treating yourself like that little child who really is innocent and really had no knowledge of anything. Yeah. Quote unquote better to grab onto to lean into, to heal and find a like more sustainable and, um, effective way. Yeah. Yeah. And I love how you said that because that's just really what it's all about. Giving yourself that space and grace to kind of understand and bring compassion in most of all, just understanding. 
Mm-hmm. And I think that's partnered with compassion. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I just, I understand Papa. I understand him. Mm-hmm. And so, and then, oh my gosh, Vecna. Yeah. I really wish they brought up a little bit more about his childhood before they moved into the house because he already felt misunderstood he already felt ostracized from his family but he also already felt like this whole family dynamic was a lie Mm -hmm. and that's what it truly was um stemmed from like my parents put on a lie to the whole world they put on a mask to everybody if you really saw them for who they like the the hero of what he thought his parents was, was completely lost. Yeah. Like that perfectionism Our, And like, I can totally relate to that. Cause I'm like, as a little girl, when my parents disappointed me, like my f- most favorite quote to say was like the people that who are going to disappoint you the most will always be the people that were never supposed to disappoint you. Mm-hmm. And it was related to your parents. Mm-hmm. But I'm like, now that I think back at it, back at that quote who I am now and the so much healing and the journey that I've been on I'm like but my parents were human yeah like they had just as much pain they had just as much wounds that they didn't even really know how to figure out or really even realize yeah so yeah yeah we see Vecna um go ahead what you're gonna say but like we're putting them on a pedestal, which is fine because we're a, a, you know, we're a little girl, we're a little girl, we're a little boy who wants to, who thinks of our parents as heroes. Mm-hmm. There's they're God to us, really. They're supposed to be God to us. They're a big source to us in that that young age. So I totally understand a little bit about Vecna and how he transitioned yeah. into the way he was, which is really really sad. Is sad. I completely agree on Beckman. I want to like touch on the dehumanization of a person with him. Mm, Yes. The transformation of like, this is like such an image that we see of this, how we get to seeing people as heroes and villains. And like, this just illustrates it so well. And I think being able to see on either end, like, 11 as the hero and then Vecna as the villain in this. But if we go back to his childhood and we see there was something, there was something that wounded him so largely at such a young age that he already had these protectors of, of a God complex, really, Mm. where he's like, Mm -hmm. my way is the best. I, and I think my theory is that he wanted to feel seen. He wanted to feel known. He wanted to feel like I am different and that's so good. And that's so cool. And I want to be celebrated in that. But, you know, for whatever reasons, maybe his parents were busy working or I don't really remember exactly what his parents did, but there was kind of, and maybe even their own traumas because of their unhealed traumas that Mm -hmm. he eventually sees as their weaknesses and reasons why they're not good enough, like to, exist anymore like he wants to now wipe them out because maybe those things were the reasons why he couldn't get what he needed as a child and from them and instead of you know in an immature mind you your mommy and daddy are on that pedestal and it's so easy to create resentment or go partner with resentment towards them when they can't meet those needs for you 
And that does create walls. It does create a hardness. And I think that it's the, how that corruption comes in at such a young age that hardens him for such a long time that it's like he becomes the things that he partnered with. Like he becomes the shame and the hatred and um, accusations. Yes. And, and ultimately like believes because of his powers, like I'm the one who can do something about this. And we even see as he gets older, like the dehumanization process, how it kind of unfolds even more because he's sent to that um, facility. Oh yeah. To the facility. Yes. Yeah. And so now he doesn't even have a name anymore. Now he's just number one. Mm -hmm. Like he doesn't, that's takes away kind of his humanity in that, in a sense. That's so so, true. And then he's abused by Dr. Brenner because then Dr. Brenner is afraid of him and wants to control him. He feels even more controlled. He feels even more, I can like in a lot of ways relate to him in in this. And then he becomes Vecna who that term comes from Dungeons and Dragons, which is like the monster that they're trying to slay. And so it comes to that point for him where he's so consumed by his vices that he he ultimately hasn't become his vices and what's so interesting I think is we see that kind of starting to happen with 11 at this season yeah. Yeah. she's detached from herself um well because her herself as a monster yeah because her whole identity was in her powers like yeah. she was worthy because she had powers, because she could stop everything, because she could save everybody. She was the hero. She was the one everybody looked at because in her childhood, like when she was a little baby girl, she was bullied. Yeah. Nobody looked at her as a hero. They looked at her as pathetic. Right. Oh, she so can never... isolated and yeah. ostracized. Yeah. But then we see that it like kind of come because then she comes out of that through meeting um, her friends and Hawkins. And then I think that the core like trigger for her in this season was from last season, whenever Hopper dies and she kind of blames herself for that, I think, Mm -hmm. um, which I think is related to Vecna number one, that whole trauma that she's going back to, to get healing from, to gain her powers back. Well, and the thing, what I love about how they wrote Eleven's story like they wrote it so perfectly. Like this is exactly what a traumatized little girl would be. She would have completely lost all memory of that traumatic event. Yeah. Or like she, she even lost all memory that she even had siblings like until this season, she didn't know she had siblings. Yeah. And so, well, until like season two, yeah, there was eight, but that's all she knew of was that girl eight. Yeah. Um, but yeah, she didn't even know. She didn't even remember, um, Henry like at all. And then when they first brought her into that memory, like her body wanted to run as soon as she saw Henry, because her body remembered her heart remembered. So it's like, they wrote this out so perfectly. They did their research because that's exactly what a traumatized little girl would do. That's why I was so fascinated with it. Cause I'm just like, this is so it like, Mm -hmm. this is it. This is the stuff. This is the good stuff. Exactly. So she felt so powerless. And then she's also being bullied in high school by this bitch. 
Like, sorry, but I had to say it. I mean, no, they, that girl probably has like a lot of shit going on in her family. That's why she acts like that and projects out her insecurities on others. But right. oh my Such a bully God. though. Definitely a bully. Yeah. For talk sure. about someone who's being destructive and what's going on with them. You know what I'm saying? So totally. ugh, we won't spend too much time. I'm actually just not going to talk about her, but anyways, but like she, she was just like, you see 11 being bullied again. And then like all this triggering stuff happened. Like, Oh, I'm not worthy. Yes. I am pathetic. Like I'm only worthy. And I can only amount to anything. If I have my gift, my powers, who am I without my powers? I love how they put that on, on her journey. Mm-hmm. And then like, but I love, I love, I love the scene where she's strapped yes and oh my this is a powerful scene it is and and so where she's strapped on she feels so powerless and then when Vecna's talking to her because she tried to she honestly tried to meet Vecna where he was at in his Mm -hmm. anger she's Mm -hmm. so cute she's so sweet she she Mm -hmm. really just wants to like have a relationship with all of them she understood Vecna she Mm -hmm. understood his anger and Vecna like is talking to her basically saying I thought he was about to take ownership because he was saying it's not Papa's fault that I am the way that I am blah 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 and I was like oh my god is this dude about to take ownership he's about to say I I'm the way that I am because I chose to be this and then as he says I'm the way I am because of you 11 you did this you're the monster and he's literally saying everything she truly believes about herself so Mm -hmm. it put her back into this powerless mindset Mm -hmm. and he's making accusations he's just pouring lies on top of lies but it feels a lot like truth to her because this is what her belief systems this is what her storyline has made her believe because of the way she was treated her whole entire life and he knew exactly what to say to make her stay in that powerless belief system about herself this is the perfect example of what the devil does he brings out what you think truth is and he makes it truth to you for knowledge but it's not truth that is not the truth you are not powerless yes yeah you are not unworthy you are you can amount to anything you are powerful like you are not the monster you are not the villain in your story so it's just like like that's what the devil does and in that moment i'm like no eleven, fight back and then but she felt so powerless and you see the moment when she felt powerful again is when Mike was speaking love over her. Mm -hmm. He was speaking identity over her. He was speaking empowerment over Mm -hmm. her. He was speaking Mm -hmm. encouragement over her. If this is not the perfect example of the love (laughs) of Christ and what Jesus does for you, whenever you are in a powerless moment and you feel like you cannot get out, he does not shame you. He does not accuse you. He does not blame you. He does not play the blaming game. He encourages you. He empowers you he reminds you who you are like he gets you back connected to your identity Mm -hmm. and so that's exactly what Mike was doing and I loved that scene so much and then you saw her get her power back yes yes she knew that she was loved and it was so beautiful and I'm just so proud of her for that and like that's why I'm so excited for the next season but sorry I just got so passionate no I love it I'm like coming I'm like crying in this moment. And I'm like, I'm literally up off, like off of my couch. And I'm like, come on, Eleven, let's go, let's go. You know, like, it's just like, I got so intense because like how many of us have been in that moment of like, God, like I hear this voice of accusation. I hear this voice of shame and I'm believing it. Like, 
oh, where's my identity? Is this truly who I am? And then like a day later or something, or we just allow somebody to pour love into us. It's like, wow, that voice of accusation was actually a voice of lies. He was a manipulator. He was a deceiver. That's not true. That's not true about me. I can overcome this. And so like, I just picture so many people in that. And like, I've, I've been in that place. Yeah. I love that you said all of that so much because it is, it just shines that light illustrates so well. Like you said, the love of God that comes in and intervenes in our weakest, darkest moments, whenever the shame and the blame and the like powerlessness are, have taken us over and we feel completely just overcome. And like, there's nothing we can do. Like it's completely mm-hmm. out of our hands. And I love even how like leading up until this point, mm-hmm. the, the storyline just they did such a great job of yeah. writing it out where it's like, man, her one person, Mike, who she felt that connection with yeah. the most, like in the beginning of this season, they have struggles with him saying that he loves her because there's so much fear of rejection. There's so much fear that he's not good enough. And like how beautiful it is that they use friendship, that they use the community around them to yeah. rebuild that relationship. Like Will comes in and he's like, no, she's just afraid because of this. Like she's just as great as you are and having that whole scene and just how in the midst of the insecurities and the doubts and the shame and the pain and everything, there's this permeated goodness that yeah. is just in and through all of them that weaves them all back together. And ultimately we see uh, results in their freedom and their victory. And it's not without with coming out unscathed. I mean, there's, there's a whole ripped seam in the whole city of Hawkins at the end, you know, and we see it's not over yet, but they, the victory has, is theirs. Like they have won that battle. And ultimately I hope that we get to see that the whole war is won in some epic, amazing way in the next season. But I just love how they weaved all of that in there. Um, mm-hmm. just so, so much detail and attention paid to it was, I appreciated that. Yeah. Oh, me too. It was like my favorite scene ever. It was my favorite episode. Like and it was a long ass episode. Oh my God. But it didn't even feel that <laughs> yeah. long, but yeah, I just like, and I mean, I, as we were talking, like I was getting like a sense of like, if people are like listening to this and they're like, Whoa, I actually relate a lot to this character now that y'all mm-hmm. are, you know, kind of explaining it in this way and giving it Mm. this type of language and I just want to say if you like relate to any sort of anything that we said about any character and it could be either good or different I don't I don't want to say good or bad because it's not really it's not good or bad it's just their tendencies it's just how they cope things it's how they protect themselves and if you see that in yourself and some of these characters like hone in on it like mm-hmm. maybe like get connected in that way, or honestly, like maybe the next time you watch stranger things, or this could go with any movie or anything that you feel connected to or feel inspired mm-hmm. by, like maybe mm-hmm. that's God just pouring love into it. doesn't have to be like this Christian movie. Like God yeah. can speak through anything. God right. literally spoke out of a donkey's ass. You know <laughs> what I'm saying? So yeah. like he can speak through anyone and anything. Mm-hmm. So like, just allow God, like if God wants to love you in a different way and show you like, Hey, this is actually how I love, Hey, this is actually how I'm accepting you. 
Mm-hmm. Hey, I'm not blaming you. This mm-hmm. is not me. This is the mm-hmm. devil. Let's, let's overcome this, you know? So, yeah. or this is yourself and this is you blaming. This is you hating yourself. It's sometimes not the devil. I feel like sometimes the devil looks at people and they're like, he's like, yeah, I don't really need to do anything to them because they're already doing it to themselves. Like, mm-hmm. I really feel like sometimes the devil does that, but I could be wrong. That's just my theology. I'm not the end all be all, you know, you can disagree. I don't care, but you know what I'm saying? So that's what, um, yeah, just, if you felt any connection in this, like just allow love to be poured into you. Cause that's how we really get connected and get identity. Yeah. One of my favorite verses, it, it, um, I think it's a proverb. I can't even, I'm saying it's one of my favorite verses and I don't even know the location that it is in the Bible, but I know it's in there somewhere. Right. So, but it talks about seeking understanding Mm. and like how important it is to be seeking understanding. And I just relate that so much to what we're doing. Um, because like in what we're pursuing with consulting is like remaining curious remaining childlike, like the world has probably hardened all of us in so many ways. And so I love that you said that to the listeners, because yeah, if you guys are struggling where you feel that, um, you feel that trigger come up or you feel like that hatred or that resentment towards a a character lean into that, right? Ask yourself questions. Why, Mm -hmm. why? And is this, is this normal? Cause I feel like there's also this acceptance in our society mm-hmm. with like choosing sides of like good and bad and like evil and good and mm-hmm. um, right and wrong. And just, I would challenge that. I would challenge you listener to yeah. question that, to lean into it. If any of this is resonating with you or if any of this is like feeling like, oh yeah, like that does remind me of something I've been through. Question it, lean into it. Mm-hmm. And like, ask us questions. I would love to connect and hear how that, how it does relate to you. If it does. Um, yeah, I just stay curious. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and curiosity does not mean judgment. So even staying in that curiosity and questioning and giving yourself questions, like, it's just like trying to figure things out. It doesn't mean you judge yourself. It's just like, Oh, wow. I didn't think of it like that. Huh? I just realized something. And for me to realize something, that's a big step. And I think we both, I mean, like not, I mean, we both did that through this whole episode is like, Mm -hmm. there were things I realized about my own triggers with Max and with with other people. Um, Mm -hmm. After you asked me to come on, I kind of watched back a little bit through the episodes and it's like, Ooh, like there are things I didn't notice before that I'm noticing now that um, are triggering to me. So Mm -hmm. we both definitely can relate in the same sense. Yeah, exactly. Well, Alex, I loved having you on and whoever is just like listening to this and like, whoa, y'all think way too deeply about shows. And I'm like, well, you think way too small about shows and you think way too small about yourself. So I don't really care. (laughs) Like, that's what I would say to you. Funny. I will say like, it ain't always this deep, but for a type four, it is always this deep. Okay. (laughs) We, the deep ones, we go into the bottom of the sea with Ariel and the crab. So I'm just saying, like, if you ever like deep talks, we're probably the ones to listen to. Um, Yeah, but thanks for having me on. It was such an honor. So much fun. Um, Yeah, had the best time. 
Well, I love you so much, Alex. And if you want people to get connected to you, how do you want them to get connected to you? Oh, good question. Um, Well, you can find me on social media. I'll send you my social media links if you want to put it like on the episodes info. And then um, I'll send you my email too. And people can feel free to email me if they want and um, ask questions. Pretty soon, mm-hmm. going to be lo- launching a consulting business. So, if any of this really interests them, and I know that you will be too, so I want to encourage people um, if this is something you're curious about and want to like learn more about with what we're talking about, um, reach out to either of us because I know either of us would love to just talk with you more about it and mm-hmm. see if it could be a good fit for you and mm-hmm. um, to kind of learn more about yourself through the lens of us and let us consult and coach you. Yeah. yeah. So I'll, I'll give you the information for that. If you want to put it like, yeah, you know. I will. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We'll probably put it on our Instagram and, and I'll put it in the bio. Um, sure. but yeah, you're going to be such a good coach, Alex. You got it. You are too. <laughs> I'm so excited to see what happens. It's going to be so fun. I know it's going to be fun. All right, guys, we love y'all so much. Thank you for just letting us be a part of your day and just yeah. listening to our voice and banter about stranger things it's fun if you haven't watched it please go watch it even though we kind of like just spoiled everything for you but like (laughs) you can like watch it in a different way now (laughs) so exactly so yeah um thank you for letting us be a part of your day i hope you have a good morning a good night a good afternoon a good drive and we love y'all so much alex me and chris always say bye like that so you're gonna say it with me all right one two three bye. bye